welcome to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership. With myself, Todd Vino, and the one, the only, Clinton Wilkins. Clinton, how are you? I mean, I'm living the dream. How are you? I live the dream vicariously through you. What do you think of that? I mean, who doesn't? What's it like being a, a prominent citizen in Halifax of noteworthiness? Well, I don't know if prominent is the right word. Maybe like infamous. Definitely. What about notorious? Well, I think it, then it, that would be kind of like a rapper. Yes, it would. Like a rapper that's like a mortgage broker? Yeah, you could be. Have you ever thought of rapping? I mean, no, but you just never know. Maybe that'll be my like next life. All right. So it is Mortgage 101 here on News 95.7. We've been doing this now a number of years. We've got some heritage with this thing, right? I mean, I think that it's almost like it's the the vintage uh, Todd Vino, Clinton Wilkins show, you know? Yeah. It's hard to believe, though, that how, how we built this. And, and the audience enjoys it. I get a lot of feedback on this show. Yeah, I get a lot of feedback, too. And I can yeah. tell you, lots of listeners reach out to us, ask us questions, regardless if they're clients or not. You know, we love just sharing the information. And that's really the purpose of the show. Uh, we're going on season three of it, mm-hmm. of the show, on a regular basis. And, you know, I was on News 95.7 before that, more just giving, you know, news updates and stuff like that around mortgage lending. Uh, you know, real estate, the economy, stuff like that. Um, but it's the third season of our show, and I love it. And, you know, we're recording in a new space, which is really exciting. Yeah, tell, tell everybody about your new space here. Again, we, this is not live. We don't want to, we're not pretending to be live. But uh, we're down in your new space here in, uh, in, on the peninsula. It's fantastic. Congratulations, by the way. Thank tell you. Tell everybody about this, why you did this. We're in downtown Halifax. We're at 5151 George. Uh, which is a great location. We're actually right across from the art gallery and we're kitty corner uh, to Province House. So that's really exciting. And we're right on the Halifax waterfront. And uh, part of the reason that we wanted to make this move was we wanted to better serve people that were here in our community, uh, you know, of Halifax. We have our office in Dartmouth and we're going to obviously continue doing business there as well. We just needed more space. And, you know, what better time than 2021 uh, we're kind of bucked the trend, you know, we're going back to the office versus maybe working from home. And you've got the ultimate corner office here as well, which is, which is pretty cool. I got to say, I mean, there's no other better place to be. Yeah, you got it. All right. So some news this week, pretty impactful and involving CMHC. First of all, a lot of people hear that acronym CMHC. It's a pain in their butts because they got to pay extra money when they're getting their mortgage. Oh yeah. And, and they hear, they might, a lot of people don't even know what it is. Sometimes people use CMHC as a bad word. I don't even that's know. That's right. That's right. So before, even though it's an acronym. That's right. So before we get into the news about CMHC, and it's pretty impactful, mm-hmm. give everybody a little lesson on what CMHC is, and then, and then we'll talk about what happened this okay. week with CMHC. CMHC is actually an acronym for the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation. They're a crown corporation that does a bunch of different functions. But for what I talk about, their primary function is around giving lenders high ratio mortgage insurance for borrowers. So it's required to have this high ratio mortgage insurance for any purchase that a client does in Canada uh, with less than 20% down. You're required to have high ratio mortgage insurance. There are three insurance companies in Canada, CMHC, which is the Crown Corp. There's also Sajin and Canada Guarantee. Last year, when the pandemic struck, CMHC, in their great wisdom, uh, basically changed their underwriting policies to require a higher credit score 
and for borrowers to have a lower level of indebtedness in terms of what their debt service ratios were in terms of what their payments to their income look like. Um, you know, it was tough. And I think it negatively impacted borrowers in more rural areas of Canada, which really, this is their mandate to provide, um, you know, an avenue for people to get into home ownership. And um, early this week, they Before basically... Before get into that, mm -hmm. why did they do that? What was the... They said to cool the housing market. They but were trying to cool it because I felt it was overheated it's, and there was no room for it to go. And they were also concerned yeah. around what the implications would be to the economy from the pandemic. So too much risk, perhaps? They were, they were concerned about risk and exposure. Exactly. Well. And yeah. because really, at the end of the day, this is the government backing, essentially, mortgage loans to banks. Mm -hmm. And they were concerned that there was going to be mass losses. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people losing their jobs, yeah. not being able to pay their mortgages. Um, they thought maybe home values were going to go down. So they'd be on the hook for a lot of this? For any insured mortgage, when a borrower defaults, if they have insurance from the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, they will pay the lender for any losses. Will they recoup that if, in fact, when the property is repossessed and yeah, sold? Yeah, they'll and all they'll that? recoup it. But right. if it's sold for a loss, yeah, then they that. will make a payment to the yeah. lender. They have deep deep pockets. Be able, they they've only got so much capacity as well to, to pay this if it were. Uh, well, here's the thing. Yeah. Technically, they're an insurance company. Right. So they actually have a lot of funds on deposit, and CMHC is actually so profitable that they do transfer payments back to the federal government. Um, they actually have paid the federal government back millions and billions of dollars over the years because they're so profitable. You know, at the end of the day, you know, CMHC is in place to help borrowers become homeowners. Mm -hmm. um, but really, it's a business and it's an insurance company. And, you know, that's one, uh, you know, function of their business. Okay. Um, and, you know, they were concerned. They made their underwriting policies more challenging. But guess what? The other two private insurers did not change their policies. So if anything, the private corporations were more, you know, in business with Canadians than the federal government agency. Were they, are they less expensive? Same price. Same, 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 premiums, same rates? Same rates. Wow. To me, it seems strange that you would have a crown corporation which was once, I think, a standalone. The only option, wasn't it? It was the point. only option. And even when there were other players in the market, they still had the bulk line share of the actual. Right. But now the tables have turned. Yeah. So to me, it seems strange that you would have a Crown Corp in this sphere and, and then private private insurers as well. That's, that's odd. Has anybody uh, ever thought that CMHC has, because it's a Crown Corp, it, it's an unfair playing field? Or how do you compete with a Crown Corp? I think at one time, probably the private corporations did think that, you know, they, and they found it challenging to, you know, compete with the Crown Corporation because at the end of the day, the Crown Corporation can dig as deep as they need to dig, really. Yeah. They have an infinite pool of resources that they can really dip into where the private corporations obviously have a finite amount of maybe money and resources that they can dip into. So I think they did find it challenging maybe in the early days and I think the private corporations really focused on maybe more niche business, or maybe they may have dug up maybe a little bit deeper for borrowers that maybe the credit wasn't as great, or maybe for maybe the properties that, you know, needed an appraisal. And if CMHC wasn't willing to do it, then they would be kind of a, a second choice. 
even though they were all still a prime option. The interesting thing is the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation actually provides 100% coverage to the lenders, where the private corporations only provide actually 90% coverage. Why the same rate then? Just the way that it goes. Because yeah. at the um, CMHC actually stop, you know, backstops the private insurers as well. It's a very complex system that we run in Canada. Yeah. But believe it or not, in the U.S., they have a very similar system yeah. of you know high ratio insured mortgages, and they are really important specifically for first time home buyers. You know, they are the ones that are really enabling these first time home buyers to get into the market, and really helping any borrowers that don't have a twenty percent down payment. As you can imagine, as well, as the property values increase. Yeah. It's more and more challenging for borrowers even to come up with a 5% down payment, which is the minimum down payment uh, in Canada. The two privately owned corporations, um, or private corporations, I should say, do some programs that the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation don't run, or maybe don't run anymore. So, for example, let's say you're, you're self-employed and we need to do a product called stated income. The federal government agency doesn't offer that program anymore. The reason that they don't is because they don't want borrowers not claiming the income on their income tax and really CRA collecting that income tax from them, but then also qualifying for a mortgage. I kind of get it, but there isn't parity between all three insurers. They're all slightly different, and the two private ones are, I would say, the most different from the Canadian yeah. Mortgage and Housing Corporation. But it's really great news that CMHC now has made the announcement to change their underwriting policies, and it's going to bring it back more into alignment with the other two corporations. Excellent. So we've got a lot to talk about in uh, in the show, and uh, I want to talk to you about investing in real estate investment properties. I think that's greatly important. Is that something you're up for? It's certainly something I'm up for, and you know maybe that's investing in buying a cottage. We know it's summer season, so I'm sure... Uh, Lots of borrowers are interested about okay. that. Okay, Mortgage 101 with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, returns right after this. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins. And myself, Todd Vino, we're rocking out to ACDC Old School. And it's a weekend. I think you love this song. I do love this song. Listen to that hi-hat. You know I, what a hi-hat is? That's that's the, uh, is that the snare? No. Okay. The snare. I don't know. <laughs> What's a snare? No, that's a drum. Okay, snare is a dump, drum. Yeah, the the, the hi-hat hi -hat is, is a, a symbol. No, the symbol, that's no, what I meant. It's the two symbols that are together. So okay, well, The two symbol symbols. is when you have a crash, but the hi-hat is the... That's the hi-hat. The snare is bang, and the bass drum. Okay. And that's what's going on there. That's what makes ACDC so amazing is that groove. Get it? I mean, I get it. I'm learning more about music on a mortgage show than I probably learn any other time. Exactly. All so, right. So, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I think that's kind of interesting. Well, it's, the, we it's, the, it's the weekend. It's time to rock out. Some people are probably already partying. I, you know, it is it is kind of morning and early afternoon, and depending if you're listening it, to us on Saturday or Sunday. But, like... And it's summer. Um, it's summer. That's right. All right. So let's talk about some investment properties. I mean, I, I think want, first of all, when it comes to a, 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 
a home. Some people view it in different a different lens. Some people look at it as a, a sentimental. They make that connection with home mm-hmm. they, and all of that. Other people look at it purely as an investment. Some people, it's a combination of both. How do you view uh, that as a? Do you look at it as a commodity? Somebody's house is as a as a an you know investment? what? I use the verbiage housing stock all the time, and I've definitely received negative feedback. You know, some of it from our listeners here on uh, on the radio stations. You know what? Because, you know, a lot of people think of their home as, you know, you know, the heart is where the home is. Yeah. I really think of even your primary residence as an investment. And I think for more and more people these days, it is an investment. You know, I'm talking to a lot of parents of first-time home buyers, and, you know, we've mentioned this before that, you know, some people are even selling their homes to be able to provide, you know, a gift to their uh, first-time home buyer. Sometimes they're mortgaging their home, or maybe they're putting a home equity line of credit on their home to provide a big gift. You know, as the home prices increase, people that are already in the housing market are benefiting from that. And, you know, I think without some help, first-time home buyers are, are becoming... Uh, sometimes priced out of that marketplace, they need the gift. And, you know, it may be as easy as a gift of 5% of the purchase price, but I'm certainly seeing a lot of large gifted funds that are coming from family in terms of like even like a six-figure amount, enough that a first-time home buyer can even put down 20%, which is pretty amazing if you are a first-time home buyer and you don't need that insurance from the Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation or one of the two uh, private insurers. So from a financial planning standpoint, I know people talk about having a diversified portfolio, but if somebody had uh, money and they could pay down a mortgage or they could put it into the, into, into the market, mm-hmm. mutual yeah. funds, whatever it might be, that sometimes, depending on who you ask, what their methodology is, depends on where, where, where's your mind going when it comes to, are you, are you best off in putting cash into a house? Or investments, or because mortgages we know are rock bottom. There's two schools of thought. Okay. You know, for me, I think you should pay off your debts first. So this is like unsecured debts, Mm -hmm. car loans, you know, if it's more than 0% interest. Once all your debts are paid off, then you should max out your RRSP and your TFSAs, personally. You know, these are vehicles that could help you in terms of your, you know, tax liabilities now and, you know, uh, protecting you from you know, tax on any of those gains, and then focus on paying down your mortgage. Mortgage rates are really at all-time lows. You know, a good variable rate today is, you know, on insured purchase, 1.35%. At those rates, you should ride it out. Other people are like, let's take advantage of these low rates and pay it down faster. In my opinion, now is a great time to save. And you can pay it down faster later if you have time later. So, you know, I think it's really a personal opinion. And I certainly don't sit in your household, but I have these same conversations with borrowers every day. And it's first-time home buyers and it's existing homeowners. Even thinking about going into retirement, I'm having these same conversations. Um, and it's a personal preference. Not every strategy is right for everyone. I'm also not a financial advisor or a financial planner. I work in finance. I do mortgage lending every day. I'm more motivated for people to take the largest mortgage they can take because we get paid based on volume. Mm -hmm. We don't get paid based on rate. 
And I think that's what's really important to remember. And that's a great reason to want to use an unbiased mortgage professional like us to, to do your mortgage lending. Because we are not biased to the lender. We are biased to the consumer. Because we're in a relationship business, you know, really with the consumer. We want to make sure that clients come back to us. And we want to feel like they've got great advice and a great deal. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's the same maybe with the bank branch or the credit union. They think that they have their arms in the fence around the client, but there's such a large turnover even in those institutions. And with us, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years and, you know, we're coming up on a billion dollars of mortgages funded here uh, in uh, Nova Scotia and across the country. So we're certainly doing a lot here from our office in Halifax and in Dartmouth. And, you know, I think that provides a little bit of economies to the client. So what that means is maybe the rate's a little bit lower, Todd. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, we're able to provide better service or better communication because we have that technology. And we actually have a quite a good-sized team. And it's not just me. So when people call, we really pride ourselves during the week to answer the phone. We try to get pe back to people right away over email. Um, and I think it's really all about that experience the customer gets. I do get the calls that borrowers call me in a panic because their financing deadline's coming up or something, you know, is time sensitive and the lender that they were using just isn't getting back to them. And obviously it's busy. I get that everyone, you know, the market that we've seen, you know, lots of increases, lots of transactions, but I actually read a stat that the sales for June actually are so showing signs of slowing in Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. Is it going to cool off? I don't think so. But I can tell you a little bit of reprieve I think is okay. I think things are going to renormalize a little bit, but I do not believe the prices are going to go down. I think the prices, you know, have increased and I think we've now kind of seen the new normal. But you kind of asked about, you know, an investment and your home might be an investment, but what about maybe a rental property mm -hmm. or what about a cottage? Those can be investments too. And I think that, you know, when you're thinking about an investment, it's not just buying an investment property. It could be a bigger home because maybe that bigger home will appreciate faster than the home you have now. Or maybe it's just buying your first home, paying down the mortgage, improving the property, and increasing your net worth every month that goes by. So I don't think, you know, investing in, re in real estate is just buying rental properties. It could be a second home. It could be a vacation property. I don't know. But I think there's lots of options. And I think that there's lots of things that are right for a lot of people. And I, the one thing I can mention to you is there's way more listings now in June mm -hmm. into July than there have been in the months prior. So I'm Why seeing, do you think that is? I think sometimes people were maybe holding off or people were scared. You know, there was a lot going on with COVID, but I feel like there's a lot of motivation. And, um, you know... We have a really great vaccination rate here in Nova Scotia. Things are getting back to normal. And I think that we're going to renormalize. You know, at one point, before kind of this, the third wave, every third call we were getting was from Ontario. And then the province really shut it down, where even people, if they bought a home, they could not come here unless they had a purchase and sale agreement before a certain date. Um, but I'm seeing more activity in the market but it's more of a normal type of activity. So I'm motivated. I can tell you our team's motivated. We've just moved into our brand new office in Halifax and you know, still uh, having our office in Dartmouth and serving 
you know, clients across Nova Scotia and really across the country. So yeah. we're pretty excited and we're happy. And I think that the clients are happy too. And realtors are happy and lawyers are happy. There's a lot of optimism in the air and, um, you know, we're feeling pretty good. Excellent. I want to talk to you more about cottages though, but we need a break. So we're, we're going to do that if that's okay with you. Come yeah, on. we'll talk more about cottages and maybe we can talk a little bit more about some refinances. I know we're getting lots of questions about refis right now. Uh, you think it's purchase season, but guess what? It's a great time to just talk about everything mortgage lending. You got it. Okay, so we'll be back with Mortgage 101, your guide home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. We'll be back. Sounds like the live version to me. It is sounds like a live version too. And is I it mean live? we are not live, it is live. This is yeah. probably live at do you think it's alive in Nova Scotia or do you think it's alive in like Toronto? Or do you think maybe they're like in LA or somewhere? Who knows? It's impossible to tell. But it sounds like a party. And I mean, it is the weekend. And this was a a, a pick by one of our producers, Bethany, that she really wanted to hear the song. Feel the same way too. Nice. What do you think about the Rankin family? Jimmy Rankin's incredible. Um, I think they're amazing. I don't know if they're still performing, are they? Well, I know that they're... Heather, didn't Heather do like a rap thing with like Classified or something? Yeah, Classified. Eh? Classified is, is beyond popular the, and internationally renowned. Yeah, right? I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. We have a lot of amazing talent Amazing talent, talent here. out of Halifax. And maybe we'll wrap the wrap uh, wrap up later with another song. Who knows? We, yeah. We'll just keep on well, playing our music. You know the original Novus or Halifax band, that, in my opinion, that kind of broke out like no other Halifax band did? What? Which was it? Do you know? Uh, I do. Sloan? No. Before Sloan? Yes. Okay. April 1. Oh, April Wine. Miles Goodwin's one. from Halifax. That right? was he one, lives yeah. in Halifax, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I've had him on uh, my radio show uh, a couple of times. And uh, I've always wanted to go over to his place and check out his guitars and talk to him, but he's never invited me. I mean, he might now that he's hearing this on the air. Miles, Good Miles Goodwin, if you're listening to Mortgage 101 on the weekend, you're not the rock star that I thought you were, first of all. Well, <laughs> you never know. He could be really into talk radio. And you never know. Heather Rankin lives in Halifax too. She could be listening. So feel free to give us a tweet or, uh, yeah. you know, send us an email. And uh, I'm sure Todd would love to have you on. And why not just come on our show? More, we're on Mortgage 101. Let's talk about home ownership. Maybe he and could. these guys are self-employed. So I'm sure they probably have some uh, tales of feast and famine. Yes, that's true. The good times yeah. and the hard times. And how did they just continue forging forward? And maybe Miles Goodwin be could, be, would become one of your 40 lenders you if did. he's got deep pockets. You just never know. You just never know. Speaking of that, you talk about having over 40 lenders. Mm -hmm. What's the big advantage to that for those who don't know as a mortgage broker? Why it's an advantage to have such a diversification when it comes to lending capabilities? So we may have access to 40, really 40 plus when we're taking into account, like Todd mentioned, private lenders. Um... But there's probably 10 that we use regularly yeah. and probably five that we use every day. It's relationship. It's relationship, it's product, it's rate, and it's service. And not every lender is the same. And I can tell you, we certainly get referrals from the big banks every day because they can't necessarily fit the client in a box, but they think it's a good client. But guess what? We do businesses with the big five as well. 
So some of our biggest lenders are the banks, but it doesn't mean that those are the only lenders that we deal with. And we're experts in doing just one thing. We're experts at mortgage lending. We're experts at really identifying those snowflakes because I think every file is kind of like a snowflake. We look at income, we look at assets, and we look at credit. And there's so many different nuances and just figure out where the best solution for the borrower is really going to be. Okay, so again, when you've got all these various lenders, some of them are willing to take on risk in a different different way. The rate reflects that. But I would think having some private lenders having the ability to look at a file autonomously mm-hmm. and, and with, the, with their own judgment, as opposed to perhaps some of the, the banks which is protocol, and there's a, almost a formula lending, I'm sure, right? Well, but the banks are all federally regulated, so they have to lend within certain guidelines. Mm-hmm. And then there's alternative lenders, which then still have to lend within guidelines, but they have to justify those guidelines. And then there's credit unions who are provincially regulated, so again, they beat to the sound of their own drum within reason. And private lenders, which could be a mortgage investment corporation, or maybe it's an indi- individual like you and me, and, uh, you know, we're lending out some of our own money for borrowers. Typically, the alternative lenders and the private lenders are more costly because they're taking on files that have a higher risk. But oftentimes, they're for a shorter period of time. They're maybe taking on the risk for 3, 6, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. They're not in business with the borrower forever or for even 25 years like a normal bank lender would be. But... When I say bank lenders, I don't necessarily mean the big five. There are bank lenders, which we consider a monoline lender or a broker-only lender, that they might not have bank branches, but they have a bank license. But maybe the only type of business that they're really doing is mortgage lending, and maybe they, they're deposit-taking as well, but they're not offering like consumer bank accounts. Maybe they only offer maybe investment-type products where like GICs or bonds or whatever that they may offer. So... We've access to a variety of those lenders, and we can also identify which client and which product is really the best fit. When you walk into a bank or a credit union branch, you can only get what they have, where we can get whatever we think is the best fit for that borrower, and we're doing many transactions. So on a really busy month here in our office, we'll do upwards of 100 transactions. A normal bank branch would only do about 100 transactions a year. So that really just shows the amount of files that we're looking at, and we can figure out what those nuances are and figure out where the best you know, solution is for the borrower. When you put together uh, an application to one of the private lenders, and, and obviously if, if, if you're submitting the application, there's some, there's some worth, it's worthy of, the, of the, the person's time to look at it, right? 100%. We only yeah. submit a file when we think it'll be approved. Right. We don't submit files just to see if they're going to stick. You know, we're not taking spaghetti and throwing it at the wall and seeing if it's going to stick. We only submit files to lenders when we go with the assumption it's being approved. Do some brokers have that other approach where they'll just send it it to everybody? I can't comment maybe on like what the competition does. Why not comment on what the competition does? I think there's a a lot of just like submitting it and not knowing what's going on. We don't do that here. We don't have the time to do that here, to be honest, yeah. everyone. Like, we are very, very busy. But it's the expertise, and it's better for the client because, you know, if it's a quick no, it's usually a quick no for something that we don't know. So maybe there's something on the credit bureau that we don't see. 
Some lenders, like we use Equifax here in our office, but some lenders will use Equifax and TransUnion. So maybe there's something on TransUnion that we don't see. I don't know. There could also be maybe some negative history with that lender for the borrower, and we didn't know that. So it was only available maybe on their internal system, and it didn't show up on the credit bureau. So we weren't able to identify those issues. And then sometimes there can be issues that pop up kind of after the fact. Maybe there's issues with the property. Maybe it's not that marketable. Maybe the the you know file is somewhat marginal and we really believe that we could sell it to the lender, but it wasn't within their appetite. It happens. Mm-hmm. But I think that we are really good at providing that feedback to the clients. They know exactly where their situation is. They aren't just like sitting and waiting and hoping and dreaming and you know, uh, saying a prayer that their mortgage is going to be approved. We communicate with them. And if there is an issue, we're telling them. And then we can always make a plan. Every borrower in Canada can get a mortgage. I've said this before. But if your income isn't quite there, maybe it's stated income, maybe you're self-employed, then maybe we have to use an alternative lender. Maybe your credit's not that good. Maybe we need to use an alternative lender or a private lender. But if we have to use an alternative or a private lender, maybe you need 20% down or 25% down, or 35% down, or 50% down. And the challenge is, in more rural areas, not every alternative lender lends there. That's just reality. Not every lender in Canada lends even in Nova Scotia. Um, You know, we are a small market compared to markets like Ontario and BC. But guess what? We are getting noticed. I can tell you there's some lenders that we are the only brokerage that has access to these lenders. We are basically doing pilot projects for these lenders in this market. Mm -hmm. So coming to a brokerage like ours, we are small. We don't have 40 or 50 mortgage brokers. We don't. There are four of us that see clients, but we have a great amount of support. We have fulfillment advisors and we have customer service advisors that answer the phone every day. And, you know, I still do mortgage lending. Some people call or email and they just assume that, I just do like radio and TV and, you know, write books and posts and emails and stuff like that. I actually see clients full time. And I think that's what's really, really important because I may have a great team of people, but I'm also in the thick of things with them. I'm in the trenches. So I can see those trends and I can certainly provide that feedback uh, and that advice. What's your ratio of not success might not be the but of approval of things that you submit that get approved uh, across the board. I'm sure you've got that metric. I have a very high approval rating. I actually have the highest approval rating in the office, but that's based on experience. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years in the same industry, same lenders. I have very, very entrenched relationships, but also I don't try to do every file. I know what I'm really good at. Um, We still offer all kinds of different financing. Like you talked about private lending and alternative lending. I typically don't do those files myself because I'm not an expert at those files. But we have a couple of people in the office that really, that's their bread and butter. And maybe I'll start the file or maybe I'll get going on a file and I'll identify it that, yeah, this actually needs an alternative lender. Mm-hmm. And I'll work with the team in the office to do it. But the reason that I'm really focusing on, you know, purchases, refinances, and renewals is because I don't want to be everything to everybody. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not offering it in the office. But I want to be the really the ultimate expert 
at a very few things. And, and I think I've, you know, we're in that position. It's, it's the same thing when people, you know, talk about side hustles and all these things. Mm -hmm. I think that you should be the best at what you're doing and go all in. And I can tell you, I'm all in on mortgage lending. We wouldn't be here and being on the radio on Saturdays and Sundays and on Tuesdays and, and doing these type of things if we didn't want to educate consumers. And Todd, I don't think you would be here other, uh, either. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm probably sure that after all these years, you never thought you'd know so much about mortgage I lending. I think I know more about mortgage lending than the average person. I will sure. 100% <laughs> agree with that. Yeah. And you know, I hope our listeners that are listening know more than consumers that are just walking on the street. And I really pride myself on that. Um, you know, I think that we provide lots of great information. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue. Can you tell that. when people come into your office and they, and they sit across from you what their level of, first of all, their interest is and what their level of knowledge is pretty quickly? Oh, yeah. I definitely know kind of how savvy they are. And obviously, we get more into certain things with people that are maybe the first-time home buyers versus re repeat. You know, today, I had a first-time home buyer sitting in my office to sign their mortgage documents. And I had an existing client from 10 years ago coming in to sign their mortgage documents. Mm -hmm. Very, very different conversations. Um, really the first time home buyer, it was conversations around affordability and, you know, making sure they can afford it and things like mortgage insurance and how do how does a property tax account work and when do the property taxes come out? But the existing client, we were talking about how can we pay down your mortgage faster? What will we do on your next renewal? Strategy, things like that. It's very, very different conversations, but that's why I think it's so important to use an unbiased mortgage professional because really it's about the relationship. You know, we haven't talked about cottages yet. We've teed, teed it up all twice now and we've not talked about it yet. So we have to talk about We cottages. will talk about cottages and we, I promise you we will talk about refinance. Okay, cottages, refinance that and perhaps a few other things. Mortgage 101, Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, returns right after this. So once again, Miles Goodwin, if you're listening to Mortgage 101 on News 95.7, well, you're welcome on the program anytime. Right, Clinton? You know what? Maybe I should come on too. You are on. Well, I'll come on when he comes on, and then I'll drive you yeah. to his place so then you can see the guitars. Really? Will you drive me in the Range Rover? Yeah, sure. Why not? I may even let you drive. I don't want to drive. And I'll, we I'll... could also play April Wine on the way there. Wouldn't that be fun? Are you an April Wine fan? I mean, I think say every, yes. Every everybody from here knows April Wine. Yes. And you know what? I actually had a chance to see April Wine. I haven't though. I've not seen them live. I don't. Are they still playing? You had a chance to see them, but you declined. Yeah. This isn't helping when we're trying to get Miles Goodwin on the show. I know, but we need to also remember that that was probably like twenty years ago. Well, you would have been underage. No, I wouldn't have. Are you almost forty? Yeah. Wow. I'll be like 40 in a hot minute. No, you won't. Yep. You're turning 40? No, I'm turning 39 this year, but I'll be 40 next year. Yes. When's your birthday? November. Wow. You you might as well like really figure out. Midlife crisis? 
maybe it's a third of a life crisis. Actually, well, no, it's, it's midlife. It may be midlife. Forties midlife at, crisis at, at this point. Yeah, that's you right. You know what? I you know I have been looking at a lot of cottages, and I know uh, listeners are intrigued on cottages, but I have been looking at a lot of you know vintage sports cars as well. So maybe I am going through a midlife midlife crisis. But I can tell you, I won't be buying a cottage yes. or a sports car unless I can afford it. Exactly. And, and you know and what? The I, other thing that goes with the midlife crisis is what? Uh, sports cars. Yes. I don't know. An affair. I mean, that's not going to happen to you though. You're I, in a committed relationship. I've met your partner. And you've you done know, well. So here's the thing. Oh, he's stuttering. I'm stuttering for the whole <laughs> case that here's the thing. Yeah. As you laugh, yeah. I'm not having an affair. Are you embarrassed? <laughs> no. But like, you know, I mean, really, this is not going well. <laughs> Thank goodness we're just like going to continue we're this. Keeping good times on. We're keeping this. Jonathan's over there. We're not we're not losing this. Is I know our producers are gold. like are like having uh, maybe like you a can't slight. even talk. Anyway, the three hallmarks of midlife crisis are the sports car. Yeah. Check. Yeah, the uh, the uh, up the cottage or the whatever the pad. Yeah, maybe it's a bachelor pad. Maybe the bachelor. Pad. Maybe you're gonna get the bachelor pad after and the, the affair. And the affair. Who knows? So you're gonna get two out of those three. Definitely not the affair. Here's the thing. Yes. Um, I hear about, and this is what I was trying to get at: uh, matrimonial breakdown. It really exactly. does happen. That all was the time. I just couldn't get it out because exactly. here's the thing: I was just like so caught off guard. Anyway, matrimonial breakdown happens all the time. Yes. Um, people's health issues happen all the and time. And we're having a little fun with this, but it's very it serious. It really stuff. is serious. Yeah. You've been through matrimony. I absolutely have. I've certainly been through break breakups yes. before. It's not a good situation. No, Nobody wants to be in this situation. Right. I know we're kind of joking about it, and it's good to kind of make light on the situation when you're maybe not involved in it. Um, but it really does happen. And one thing we really want to talk uh, talk about is mortgage refinance. We're certainly getting a lot of inquiries for refinances right now. And honestly, probably more than normal in the summer season. Normally, summer is all about purchasing, purchasing, purchasing. Or, you know, maybe you've had a pre-approval earlier this year and you've made an offer and now it's going to close. But we're doing a lot of refinances. And the reason being is property values are up across Nova Scotia and the mortgage rates are low. So people are looking at getting equity out of their property. And maybe that's for matrimonial breakdown. Hopefully not, but it does happen. Yes. We know 50% of marriages end in, end in divorce. Yeah. Um, but people are doing refinances to consolidate debt. Maybe they bought that sports car during their midlife crisis and they can't afford two car payments or three car payments. So people are pulling equity out of their home to consolidate some debt. And, you know, it's credit cards, it's lines of credit. Things happen in people's lives. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. There's yeah. been job loss. Yeah. We've all been there. Yes. Um, there's been health issues. There's been matrimonial breakdown. There's been loss of business. And uh, no matter what the situation is, sometimes that creates some financial hardship. And, you know, refinance can be a great solution for borrowers to maybe get out of a tight spot. Um, you can refinance up to 80% of the market value of your home. That's appraised? Uh, yeah. So the appraised yeah. value, market value... Yeah. Uh, and you know what? The market values are up. Yeah, you know, as the property, to do it. it's a it's a great time to think yeah. about it, because the market values are up and the rates are low. And um, you know, if you're refinancing now, 
you can hypothetically get more equity out of your home today than you could have a year ago or two years or, ago. Or maybe what you might be able to get in a year from now. Well, who knows? And we I mean, know. that's kind of the debate, right. Todd. Yeah. That's kind of the debate. We don't know what's going to happen with home values. We don't have a crystal ball. I wish I did. Uh, I'd probably be retired yeah. by the age of 40. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of joked around to say, you know what? I'm going to retire when I'm 40. But guess what? That's not happening. I knew 10 years ago that wasn't happening because I had the sports cars. I've had the good life. I've had the debt. And, you know, if I would have made maybe better decisions 15 years ago, mm-hmm. I probably could be retired. Well, you wouldn't want to be retired, though, would I you? I wouldn't want to be. Yeah. You know, honestly, we were kind of joking about it today. And uh, my business manager, who takes care of, you know, all our people and all my finances and stuff like that. I want to give your business manager a shout Amanda, out. Amanda. Yeah. She's probably could probably listening. She tunes in on the weekends. Yeah, that's right. I met her over in Dartmouth. Yeah. And yeah. she actually has a young kid, but she loves listening to the show, uh, you know, and she listens uh, during the weekend, on the weekend. So um, she said to me, she's like, you know what? You're going to be retired in 10 years. And I said, okay, to myself, I'm like, 10 years, I'll be like almost 50. But what will I do at that point? I don't think I just want to do, be on the radio. I don't think I just want to do like TV and all this stuff. I want to be involved. And who knows what the future will bring. But I think the moment is so important. And just to circle back to the refinances. A refinance is really in the moment. And it may be required for you know getting some debt cleaned up. It could be required for a matrimonial breakdown. Maybe you need to refinance to pull some equity out of your home or maybe take your spouse or ex off title, but maybe you're going to refinance to improve that property. Maybe you're going to renovate. Maybe you're going to pull that equity out of the property for the refinance to buy a second home. Maybe you're going to buy a cottage, or maybe you're going to buy a rental property. With the values increasing and the rates low, it is a good time for a lot of borrowers to really consider it. And we're having those conversations with every borrower that's really coming up for renewal. Um, we're talking about refinance, but it's not just at renewal that, it, that it's happening. People are refinancing in the middle of their term because the rates are low and they're basically capitalizing or the penalties getting paid out of those new mortgage right. proceeds. And doing some renovations and on and some good news on the renovation things is um, is I've heard that lumber and prices are coming finally coming down to earth back down, right? It's great, great news, yeah. specifically for the construction industry and really for our clients that are building new homes. I can tell you there's been a lot of delays because of materials and there's certainly been a lot of increases because of the cost of materials. So I'm happy to see some of these reports that the inventory is coming back in line. Um, and, you know, lumber is really a commodity at this point. And, you know, I saw some funny memes on Facebook and Instagram and uh, someone had some lumber out in front of their yard to build a deck and somebody joked to be like, stop flashing your wealth in front of me type thing because of that lumber. And you know, it really is true and it's tough. It's tough for those people who are self-employed, you know, maybe working in the trades or working in the construction industry. And it's certainly tough for existing homeowners that are looking to do work, but I'm glad that things are coming back in line. Um, And I really do hope that the rates are still going to stay low um, and I do think the values are going to kind of stay where they're at. I do. I think they're going to continue increasing at this rate that they've been increasing, you know, the last year. I'm not sure, but I think that's a TBD. And I think we'll be talking about that probably 
next month and in the months to come. So yeah, how do people get a hold of you? You know, check us out online at teamclinton.ca. Lots of great information on our website. We have hundreds of blog posts. We have rates on there. You even have Todd Vino posts on there. We have Todd Vino posts on there. And, you know, you can listen to our show on the website. There's links on there. Our show is available um, on anywhere where, where you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah. Uh, it's on Facebook, on YouTube. There's You can find us all over the place. And, you know, we love answering your questions, whether you're an existing client of ours or not. Uh, we love providing the information. So feel free to check us out at yeah. teamclinton.ca slash radio. Great chat as always, Clinton. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure, my good friend. Thanks, Todd. You got it. That's Clinton Wilkins, Mortgage 101, Your Guide to Home Ownership. I'm Todd Vino, and uh, we love being here on News 95.7. We'll be back next month. Thanks for listening.